But first of all, let me, let me pray again for us. Father, we do want to bless your name. We thank you that you are our God. You are God. And we pray that this morning you would help us to see more of who you are and more of your purposes for this world and our part in it. Father, please speak to us as we come to your word now. Please help us to offer our hearts and our ears to you and our minds to you. We pray that you would speak to us and we'd have ears to hear what you have to say. Please bless our children as well and our young people in their group. Uh, Please speak to them, Father, also in their time together this morning. Amen. I want to begin with a couple of questions, really, uh, which is, uh, who are we? Three questions. Who are we? Why are we here? And what are we called to be? Who are we? Why are we here? And what are we called to be? Uh, Maybe you don't know much about church, uh, and so these questions are relatively new or, or live for you. Maybe you've been part of a church for decades, and so you know the benefits and the needs for uh, benefits of and need for reminding ourselves of these questions. As a church, as part of the worldwide church, who are we? Who, why are we here? What are we called to be? As we approach the end of our preaching series on Genesis, uncovering the God of our ancestors, uh, we'll discover some key answers to those questions this morning. First of all, who are we? There isn't time this morning to recap last week. You can listen to the church website if you missed it. Joseph's brothers have just told their father Jacob that Joseph is still alive and is ruler of Egypt. Jacob thought that Joseph was dead, but now becomes convinced and determined to go and see his his son Joseph before he dies. Uh, Just so you don't get confused, uh, Jacob, uh, as we read through this narrative, Jacob is also called Israel. So when we read about Jacob or Israel, it's the same guy. Uh, So we're going to pick up the story from Genesis chapter 46. Uh, It's on page 51 of the church Bibles, blue church Bibles, if you'd like to follow. Genesis chapter 46, uh, we're going to read from verse 1. Genesis chapter 46, reading from verse 1. So Israel set out with all that was his. And when he reached Beersheba, he offered sacrifices to the God of his father Isaac. And Jacob spoke to Israel in a vision, sorry, and God spoke, so that's confusing, isn't it? And God spoke to Israel in a vision at night and said, Jacob, Jacob, here I am, he replied. I am God, the God of your father, he said. Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for I will make you into a great nation there. I will go down to Egypt with you and I will surely bring you back again. And Joseph's own hand will close your eyes. Then Jacob left Beersheba, and Israel's sons took their father Jacob and their children and their wives in the carts that Pharaoh had sent to transport him. So Jacob and all his offering went to Egypt, offspring went to Egypt, taking with them their livestock and the possessions they had acquired in Canaan. Jacob brought with him to Egypt his sons and grandsons and his daughters and granddaughters, all his offspring. I'm going to skip uh, the next uh, few verses, 8 to 25. It basically gives us the name of, um, names of Jacob's 70 or so sons, daughters, and grandchildren born through his two wives and two other women given to him by his wives in their race to provide children. That's a whole other message, uh, and you can find it on the church website from October last year. And let's continue from verse 26. All those who went to Egypt with Jacob, those who were his direct descendants, not counting his sons', his sons wives, numbered 66 persons. 
uh, with the two sons or nine children who'd been born to Joseph in Egypt, the members of Jacob's family which went to Egypt were 70 in all or 75. Now Jacob sent Judah ahead of him to Joseph to get directions to Goshen. When they arrived in the region of Goshen, Joseph had his chariot made ready and went to Goshen to meet his father Israel. As soon as Joseph appeared before him, he threw his arms around his father and wept for a long time. Israel said to Joseph, Now I am ready to die, since I have seen for myself that you are still alive. If you've been following this story over recent weeks, you'll uh, recognize that this is a very moving kind of uh, part in the story. But we're not actually focusing on Joseph this morning. Uh, So I'm going to ignore this and and kind of skip on to chapter 47, uh, verse 7. Then Joseph, chapter 47, verse 7, Then Joseph brought his father Jacob in and presented him before Pharaoh. After Jacob blessed Pharaoh, Pharaoh asked him, How old are you? And Jacob said to Pharaoh, The years of my pilgrimage are 130. My years have been few and difficult, and they do not equal the years of the pilgrimage of my fathers. Then Jacob blessed Pharaoh and went, on, went out from his presence. So Joseph settled his father and his brothers in Egypt and gave them property in the best part of the land, the district of Ramesses, as Pharaoh directed. Joseph also provided his father and his brothers and his, all his father's household with food, according to the number of their children. Now, if we were to read on, which we're not going to, you'll kind of know the context of this, this food and this provision, all that they're getting, this blessing is in the context of a great famine, a severe famine. Uh, The land's kind of described as being wasted away. But let's skip to verse 27, which is at the top of page 54. Now the Israelites settled in Egypt in the region of Goshen. They acquired property there and were fruitful and increased greatly in number. Jacob lived in Egypt 17 years, and the years of his life were 147. When the time drew near for Israel to die, he called for his son Joseph and said to him, If I have found favor in your eyes, put your hand under my thigh and promise that you will show me kindness and faithfulness. Do not bury me in Egypt, but when I rest with my fathers, carry me out of Egypt and bury me where they are buried. I will do as you say, he said. Swear to me, he said. Then Joseph swore to him, and Israel worshipped as he leaned on the top of his staff or bowed down on the head of his bed. Uh, Going into chapter 48, sometime later, Joseph was told, your father is ill. So he took his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim, along with him. When Jacob was told, your son Joseph has come to you, Israel rallied his strength and sat up on the bed. Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan, and there he blessed me and said to me, I am going to make you fruitful and increase your numbers. I will make you a community of peoples, and I will give this land as an everlasting possession to your descendants after you. So Jacob's life on earth, as his pilgrimage, as he described it, is reaching its end. He acknowledges himself to himself that he acknowledges himself that it's been a challenging journey, but he finishes well. He finishes with the promise of God ringing in his ears and no doubt ringing in his heart as well. As he embarks on his journey. Uh, to Egypt. We just read, he worships God along the way. And God says to him in verse 3 of chapter 46, I am God, the God of your father. Do not be afraid to go into Egypt, for I will make you into a great nation there. And he settles his large family in Egypt. And it's highlighted to us in verse 27 of chapter 47. They acquired property there. They were fruitful and increased greatly in number. 
They had all the food in that context of famine. And as we also read in verse 4 of chapter 48, Jacob remembers God Almighty blessing him and saying to him, I'm going to make you fruitful and increase your numbers. I will make you a community of peoples. This is a a really exciting part of the story because Jacob and Joseph and his brothers could now see this promise of God beginning to really take off, beginning to fly. The promise didn't start with Jacob. Those of us who know the Genesis story read these verses with a sense of growing excitement, tracing them back to Jacob's grandfather Abraham. In chapter 12, uh, verses 1 to 3, the Lord has said to Abraham, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Uh, Genesis has kind of described a context of the problem of human sin, human rebellion, uh, and suffering, and the creation that's wrecked, that's being destroyed. That's decaying. And into that context, God gives this promise through Abraham, through the people of Abraham, Israel, that he will bless all peoples on earth. God's plan to bless the nations was good news then in that context. And it remains brilliantly good news now. The observant among us would have noticed sin and decay, rebellion and decay in our day too. Whether that's crime or whether that's sickness, whether that's global warming, whether that's social inequality and injustice, whether that's bullying, whether that's corruption, whatever it is, we notice these things around us. We're kind of not looking if we don't see them. But into this world, God has spoken his decisive action to bring his blessing to all nations. And the promise starts here in Genesis 12 to Abraham. But it's repeated 24 years later to Abraham. In Genesis 17, uh, this is Genesis 17, verses 3 to 6, Abraham fell face down and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abraham, which that means exalted father. Your name will be Abraham, father of many. For I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you and kings will come from you. And again in chapter 18, the Lord says to Abraham, chapter 18, verse 18, Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation, and all nations on earth will be blessed through him. And then in chapter 22, verse 17, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies, and through your offspring, all the nations on earth will be blessed. Because you have obeyed me. This promise was repeated to Abraham's promised son, Isaac, in chapter 26, verses 2 to 4. The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, I will be with you and will bless you. I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and will give them all these lands. And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed. The promise is then passed on to Isaac's son, Jacob. Isaac blessed Jacob in chapter 28. Verse 3, may God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and increase your numbers until you become a community of peoples. And then the Lord himself said to Jacob in a dream, in chapter 28, verse 13, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. 
Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. And again, that promise is uh, repeated later on as well, but we'll skip over that. But the point is, here is a major theme of the Bible. A major theme of the Bible because it's God's mission plan. God's plan to bless the nations. God's plan to make right all that is broken. And in case you're wondering, all of these verses that I've just read are totally relevant for us. As this story is our story. Or at least it can be. God invites us into it. And I'd just like to kind of show this by going to one other uh, decent-sized passage in Galatians. If you could turn to that, please, that might be really helpful. It's page 1,169. Page 1,169. We're looking at Galatians chapter 3. And I'm going to read from verse 7 of Galatians chapter 3. So in Galatians chapter 3, I'm reading from verse 7, and we're looking to see how this story that we've just been reading about is our story. Understand then, Paul writes in verse 7, that those who have faith are children of Abraham. Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles, that's people who aren't from the Jewish nation, from Israel, the nations, all peoples, would justify all nations, all peoples by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. So those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. And he goes on to describe, Paul, the, the curse uh, that, um, uh, that we're under, uh, We'll kind of come back to that in a moment. Uh, But he goes on then to say that Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. We saw about the context in the beginning of Genesis, the kind of early chapters, the result of human rebellion, the result of people's rejection of God and going against him. The context of that was that the curse came, that uh, relationships with each other were damaged, that relationship with God was damaged, that relationship with creation was damaged, that creation itself was subject to decay. All of that's kind of going on in the beginning of Genesis. But God's plan to bless the nations comes in with Christ who became a curse for us. So Galatians talks about Jesus being on the cross, on a, on a pole, it says there, that's kind of quoting from Deuteronomy, I think, Jesus being on the, on the cross, taking the curse of God for us, so that all that's gone wrong, all that's subject to the curse, can be made right again. And that's the story that we're invited into. That someone has written that the ultimate goal of God's promise to Abraham is that blessing will prevail over curse. It does so when the seed of Abraham, the singled out descendant of Abraham, the Messiah, Jesus, becomes a curse for us. The gospel is that Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus the curse has been set aside and God's creative purpose for the blessing of his creation is established beyond any possibility of reversal. And so Paul will go on later in Galatians 3, verse 26, to say, So in Christ Jesus you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. 
There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. This is who we are. We're children of the promise. Those promises that God spoke to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob, we're caught up in that. They're promises to us. We're children of the promise. But that leads us on to the question of why are we here? If we've entered into the blessing of Abraham through faith in Christ, if he's borne the curse for us, then the commission that Abraham was given becomes ours also. The command to be a blessing. Hebrews, uh, the, Hebrews, uh, uh, the Hebrew language of Genesis 12, it is a command. It's written like that. Be a blessing. And uh, there's a kind of link that can be demonstrated between that and, and the, what we know as the Great Commission in Matthew 28. The kind of sense of going. Go. Be a blessing. All nations will be blessed through you. If we're children of Abraham, then that baton is passed on to us. We need to understand that as a church, as a community of people, we're those who God has chosen since Abraham to be the vehicle of God's blessing to the nations. And that includes Abraham's physical descendants, but it also includes all those who by faith have trusted in Christ who weren't from Abraham's physical descendants. This is who we are. We're a community on mission, a community called to be a blessing to the nations. That's what we're here for. And uh, we kind of talk a lot about missional church, and that's fine. Uh, but someone uh, has said, uh, uh, all this talk of missional church sounds like talking about a female woman. If it's not missional, it's not church. That's what we are. If it's not missional, it's not church. God has called us to be a blessing to all nations. All nations, all peoples. As in Genesis, we saw that the whole of creation, the whole of humanity was subject to the curse. So then the whole of humanity must be reached by God's blessing. Uh, Christmas is coming up, and uh, in a few day, few weeks' time, maybe we might start singing that great song, Joy to the World. Uh, Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Do you remember there's a, a line, if you know the carol, uh, in uh, verse 3 of that song. It says, No more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found. And that's why we're here. That's why we're here as a church, to make the blessings of God flow as far as the curse is found. As children of Abraham, children of the promise, that's what we're here for. Uh, The scholar Chris Wright has written, it's not so much the case that God has a mission for his church in the world as that God has a church for his mission in the world. Mission was not made for the church. The church was made for mission, God's mission. And knowing the story that we're in is key to this mission. And this preaching series on knowing the God of our ancestors is important. By growing in our knowledge of this story, we grow in our fruitfulness and mission and motivation for it. And... uh, yeah, our mission is not only driven forward by the command of Christ, but it's also driven forward by the promise of God. And we can look forward still. We, we're looking back at Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, but we can look forward because this promise still hasn't been completely fulfilled. 
In Revelation chapter 7, it describes a, a people, a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne, singing of the salvation that belongs to God. This was a story that the early followers of Jesus knew. And uh, it's a story that we can know and be part of. And, uh, yeah, unfortunately, we're kind of really struck on time this morning because we've got to get on with some other stuff. But as we just think about where this is earthed in, in our lives, in our church, in our experiences here, we need to think about the scope of the breadth of, of the blessing that we're called to bring. It's not just spiritual blessing. It is that. But it's not just a spiritual blessing. But God is wanting to restore all that's right. And so as we kind of think about uh, you know, things going on uh, right now here, uh, we've got kind of um, you know, a cot full of toys next to me for the scratch toy donation and, and the toilet twinning and all that that we've been talking about. These things aren't just nice things to be doing. It's not kind of like a you know, sentimental, let's give toys to the children, uh, let's, um, you know, let's kind of give some toilets to, to people across the world because that would be an interesting talking point when someone uses our toilet. That's not why we're doing it. We're doing it. Because it's God's heart to bless the nations. Part of being a blessing to the nations is that we can bless some children who are in poverty in the city. Is that we can bless people with clean sanitation and help to lift them out of poverty and and prevent disease. That's part of God's heart for us to bless the nations. These two very small examples. At this weekend in this building, there's been a, a kind of gathering of prayer and praise to kind of as part of the launch of Just Love, which is a, a new organization uh, uh, co-founded by our very own Tim Dalby, who's kind of one of our, he's a PhD, PhD student here, thinking about pursuing a call to justice uh, in, um, you know, through students and stuff. We'll, we'll think more about that uh, in the new year, perhaps. But um, it's exciting. That's part of God's heart to bless the nations. Uh, things like Breakfast Club, that's part of God's heart to bless the nations. It's so much broader than just the spiritual blessing, although it, it is that and must be that as well. But we're called as a church to, to be fruitful in mission, fruitful in sharing the blessing of God, bringing it to the nations. And uh, that includes our invites this morning that um, we'll be able to go out and do once I shut up. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's part of being called to bring God's blessing to the nations. I just want to finish by just pointing out some kind of really important verses that we're just going to skim through. But there's a link in all of this between mission and, uh, and our behavior. We've talked about who we are and why we're here. Just a very quick thing about what we're called to be. You see, for Abraham, quite an important part of this was his obedience and his faith. Uh, I read earlier from Genesis 18 um, that... Uh, uh, Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation. And all nations on earth will be blessed through him. For I've chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. And this is a kind of an important part of the calling that God has given to us. This is part of how we be that blessing to the nations, by being a community who do what is right and just, who keep the way of the Lord. If you're familiar with the, the, what we'd call the Great Commission in Matthew's Gospel, uh, you remember there that Jesus uh, said that we're to teach uh, those who have been made disciples, teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. Uh, this kind of obedience, this doing what is right and just, this walking in the ways of the Lord, isn't a kind of optional add-on extra. It's a key part of, of being that people 
who God has called to be a blessing to the nations. So God has this big picture plan to bless the nations, which is ultimately in Christ, but through us. We're now his vehicle, the church. We're the community who he wants to use to be a, bring blessing to the nations. And uh, we can share in that blessing. We are invited in to know him, to be children of Abraham, children of the promise. But also we're called to fruitfulness as a church. Fruitfulness measured by blessing being brought to the nations. And as we saw in the example of Jacob, Jacob could now look back and see, God has done it. He's doing it. He's done it. He's bringing about what he said. God will do what he's promised. He's bringing about his plans. Who are we? Children of the promise. Why are we here? Agents of God's blessing the nations. What are we called to be? A missional community who walk in his ways of righteousness and justice. If the story of Jesus is relatively new to you, uh, then I'd like to love to meet you afterwards and hear your thoughts on it. Uh, in a moment, uh, most of the church will be taking invites out as we join in God's mission to bless people living locally uh, and, and re- working around us locally. Uh, as Andrew will explain, some of us will stay here to pray, uh, which is every part as much joining in God's mission to bless people living and working around us locally. But if you're new today or new to church generally, uh, then I'll be in the cafe, which is on your left as you go out through the doors behind you. And, uh, yeah, it'd be great to get to know you a bit over a cup of tea or coffee uh, if you want to come in there afterwards. That's fine. But, um, yeah, let me just finish by praying and then I'll hand back over to the band. Feel free to come up now if you want. Let's pray. I'm going to pray using Psalm 67. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us so that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among the nations. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you rule the peoples with equity and guide the nations of the earth. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. The land yields its harvest. God, our God, blesses us. May God bless us still so that all the ends of the earth will fear him.